Hello everybody, welcome. This is Trevor Lee. This is the Running 44 at 60 podcast. We're up to episode 110. And uh, following Nick Pope coming on and talking about the ARC 50 in the last episode, well, we've got Holly Holmes on this time. And Holly came ninth in the Women's 100 event this year. So a fantastic effort. And uh, as, as Holly explained, she was hoping to hit 30 hours. She did, 20, she did sub 27 and a half. So we're going to learn lots from Holly about how she managed to do that, what she was eating, what her kit changes were, all that sort of stuff. So if you've got a plan to do an ultra for the first time or a hundred for the first time, then you're going to enjoy listening to Holly and benefiting from all the tips that she is going to be sharing. Now, before we go and meet Holly, I've just got a couple of shout outs. So if you are doing something this year, you know, do let me know, podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk, and I'll give you a shout out as your event gets near and all that sort of stuff. So I know that some of the listeners have got great things coming up. So do let me know about that and remind me that that's what you're doing and that'll be great. And also a shout out, I forgot to mention, or Nick Pope forgot to mention when he came on, the Lou 10, which is called Hillish and Hellish. And it certainly is. So that's at the end of February. So if you're in Cornwall at the end of February and you're looking for a really good testing run, the Lou 10, get yourself in for that. So I've done it a couple of times and it's great. I mean, my challenge has always been not to walk at all. And some of these hills are pretty steep. I can tell you that. Right. So without further ado, let's go over and say hello to Holly Holmes. So Holly, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here, having uh, your success in the ARC 100. But for those listeners who may not know about you, do you just want to give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself and your, and your running so far? Hiya, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, well, I'm Holly. Um, I've been running probably since about 2016, I think it was, when I sort of ran the London Marathon. And then that year I did my first ultra which was um, pretty slow in Wales. I think I got to the end and they were all packing up, you know, everything was closing down <laughs> when we got to the end. But we got there. Um, um, and then I've just sort of enjoyed doing the longest stuff ever since. Um, so this was my first 100-mile um, run, but I've done a 200Ks before that and then, you know, various... 50k sort of 35 mile runs um normally a few well lots around Cornwall but we've also gone down to France and Switzerland and Wales and (laughs) Devon and you know trying to travel around as much as we can really we've got two young kids so we just take them on holidays and go running (laughs) wow well that's that's fantastic and you know congratulations uh you know i mean you were ninth in the women's race and bearing in mind that five of those i think broke the previous women's record so were you pretty pleased with that outcome yeah totally i did not expect that at all i sort of had been thinking about maybe finishing in around 30-ish hours but having not done 100 um i didn't know but i did do the 50 last year um I think I came fourth in that so I kind of thought I might I don't know I wasn't really sure where I would be and I went from timings from my other half did it three years ago the hundred and we worked out timings from where he would be you know where he came and we were just completely off basically <laughs> well you have you absolutely smashed the 30 hours finishing in according to this 27 24 16 so that was you must yeah, yeah as you say a great a great run and your yeah. and your first hundred so 
One of the things about this podcast, Holly, is to help you know listeners think. Right, well, you know, I'm thinking about doing that. So, so how can I get on and do it? But that's that's amazing that you you only started really running, uh, as you say, the London Marathon uh, 2016, and here we are in 2023, and you're, you know, you're smashing the arc hundred for goodness sake. I mean, that that's that's great, isn't it? Yeah. No. Yeah. Pretty tough with that. I suppose I've always been slightly into sport and. But yeah, running's just—it's great, you know. You can just do it. You don't need <laughs> to. You can just go out and do it. It's um, and that's why I think it is accessible for most people, really. Um, and although a hundred miles is a long, long way, I think you can. It's amazing what you can do and put yourself through. And I think if you've got the mindset, then just give it a go. <laughs> Now, one of the things that I'm, I'm, and I'm sure listeners are always intrigued by when we when we talk to people about running 100 miles is how on earth do you train for 100 miles? Because you know, if you're training for a marathon, you probably do two or three 20 mile runs. But I can't imagine if you're training for 100 that you're going out there and doing 80, 85 mile runs, are you, or are you? No, no, definitely not. I mean, I didn't. The, I mean, the longest run I did in my sort of training, and I don't follow a training plan. I don't have, I can't do that. I work shift work. I've got children. I've, you know, we have other commitments, so I, <laughs> I don't follow a training plan at all. And we just, me and my other half, run when we can. We, you know, obviously opposite each other. He runs to work a lot to get his in. And um, so the longest we did, I think we did um, about a fifty k over Christmas together. Um, and before that, my other longer run was in April. You know, I did 100K in April, and that was the last time I'd done a really long run. So it is hard, and I think I think you can overtrain. I think people can overtrain. Oh, I did do a fort, you know, an overnight run in October with um, doing. I did the sort of nighttime section, yep. 40 miles. Um, but that, yeah, and. It's it's hard to fit it in, and I don't really know how someone trains for a hundred miles. But I'm pretty sure you're not meant to, you know, go out for eighty miles. And, yeah, I, uh, I, I think I think that's that. That's what most. Yeah, I think that's most what most people would say. Um, and did you recce the course at all? Were you familiar with the course because you're obviously based yeah. in Cornwall? So yeah, so I know I've done the um, classic quarter. So that's you know forty four miles of the course. I have done the Arc 50, so that's sort of the other 50 miles. Um, right. And I had I've done recce's of bits of it, and I did a nighttime recce of Penzance to St Ives. So um, I've also done the Cousin Jack, which you know the ultra, which is from St Ives to Cape Cornwall and back. So that um, that bit, and actually you know I love that bit. The um, Pendine to St Ives is probably one of my favourite bits. Is um, it? <laughs> <laughs> Most people say that's their least favourite bit. <laughs> yeah, I know. But um, yeah, I, I, so I kind of knew the course. You know, I didn't use any navigation. I had it on the OS Maps on my phone, but I didn't really look at that. Um, so I just remembered most of it. Obviously, everything looks a bit different in the dark, but yeah, I kind of know. So, Which is nice. <laughs> so at what point did you begin to realise that you were actually, you know, going to smash that 30-hour target and you were, you know, you were going along quite nicely? Was that a feeling you had all the way through or was there a particular point? Um, well, no, actually, because when I got to St Ives, I felt, I mean, I, was, I felt good. 
but that the bit from St Ives to the end is for me the hardest bit because it's just long and flat and um I kind of in my head I was just sort of shuffling along and I thought oh and if I just I could walk 5k an hour and I'd still get around 30 hours so I kind of thought <laughs> if I just do that that's fine <laughs> but I obviously then did run a bit um and managed to pick up the pace but it was only actually when I was about you know near Portreath that I realized I was going to be in 27 hours something because so I said to my I I saw a friend, I was like, oh, if I, I've got an hour and a half to get to Port Town from Portreath. No, or like I was up above Portreath. And, and then I'll get it in 27 hours something. He's like, you'll do that, just go. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Trying to move as fast as I can when your legs aren't really working. And do, do you think, Holly, that that's kind of a, a good thing? You know, when you, as you say, when you're at St. Ives, you're already calculated that you could basically walk in from there and still get a great yeah. time so is that from a confidence point of view in terms of the latter bit of the race is it in, is that a good thing to do to do that calculation and know that you're you are going to finish even if you just yeah. crawl there almost you'll still get there yeah I suppose it is but then I I mean what I end up doing quite a lot is on these races I spend so much time figuring out how far I've got lo- how far I've got left and how long <laughs> I've got left and what I, like, I wish I'd just not worry about that and just move and just enjoy the movement and the, you know, the, the race, not the actual figuring out how long it's going to take. <laughs> well, you know, some, some, you know, I'm, I'm told that, you know, uh, when I did the classic quarter, people said, oh, you'll have a wobble. They'll have a mental wobble at some point. It may not last very long, but there will be a point when you think, oh, mm-hmm. my God, you know, I'm never going to do this or I can't go on. Was, did that happen to you at all on the hundred? Um, I mean, yeah, on various occasions it, it did, but in my mind, I never imagined that I wouldn't finish because of my uh, mental barriers. I always thought, oh, if I if I don't get to the end, it'll be because I'll fall over, I'll break my ankle or something. I, it never really occurred to me that that might stop me from getting to the end. But I also, I was raising some money for a charity. So Um, I think having that sort of accountability um, meant that I, you know, that I'm I'm getting to the end, whether I'm crawling or not, you know, (laughs) I'm going to get there. (laughs) Wow, yeah, I I know exactly how you feel about that. Because um, when I did the Classic Quarter in 2021, I think I I got up to £150 a mile or something was the money I was going to raise. So every time I went through a mile barrier, I was thinking, that's another 150 quid. And that, that, you're right, that was a a real thing to keep going. So So Definitely. tell me, tell me about you know one of the one of the hot topics, of course, that people love to know about is eating and drinking on these amazing mm. adventures that people go on. So, what did you have a strategy for that? Obviously, and what sort of things? I'm always looking out for new, unusual things that people particularly are eating. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I started off really well for the first few hours. I was managing to drink Tailwind. Uh, you know, a fair amount and um, take gel on every every hour. But as soon as I got to Penzance, um, I walked out of the Penzance checkpoint with a coffee and I think I just had way too much milk in it. Um, <laughs> and I just suddenly just felt really sick. And that was it then. I thought, oh, no, I, now I just don't want any gels. I don't want any tailwind. I don't want anything sweet. Everything was just making me feel awful. And I thought, oh God, how am I gonna, <laughs> how am I gonna feel now? And I was really worried about that. But then, actually, solid sort of food was 
good. Um, and I saw my other half who was crewing me. I saw him in Newlyn, and he had I had pizza and things like that, and watermelon in the in the van. So I just had that. And really, I just then wouldn't really eat anything between seeing him or being at a checkpoint. And I just had to have solid food. He had a bacon sandwich at Land's End, which was quite good. <laughs> um, but it is so hard because you never know what what you what you'll want. Your body just every time it's different, and it's really difficult to sort of prepare for that. And I had a pack full of food, but I did not want to eat any of it. <laughs> it was really a nightmare, but you know that's just what it's like. I always carry a pack of salted crisps because that's I find when I feel a bit sick, the salted crisps seems to really just help yeah. <laughs> settle it. Great stuff. And, and you, men- you mentioned your other half doing the crewing for you. How important is it on something like this to have crew? Oh, God, I don't know how people. I don't know how people don't have crew on this one, especially because the checkpoints are so far apart. I think Will said he came to eleven different places to see me, and so eleven times I had something from him, whether it was just a change of water or, but I think probably a slice of pizza each time. So. <laughs> um, yeah, it's incredible. And just for that mental, you know that you've got how, however long till you're going to see them again. But then saying that, there's so many amazing crews out there. You know, I've got some things from other people as well. It wasn't just him. And people that you've never met, you know, are giving you all sorts of sweets, fruits. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's incredible, really. So you could do that race without crew if you know people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure they would if they didn't know them. And did you, did you make any changes to your kit on the way around, Holly? Any chew changes or yeah, anything like that? Yeah, well, I, I, so I was wearing my Ciccone Peregrines to start with, but they were a new pair, and actually they were far too stiff. So I, I was planning to change it to Marazion, um, but I actually changed them at uh, Prasans. And just went into some old Solomons. They're not a road shoe, but they're just really old and comfy. Um, so I wore them till Newlyn. And then I put on my old Ciccone Peregrines, which are falling apart, but they're so much softer. And, and actually, I just kept them on the whole time. Changed my socks once or twice after a few boggy bits. But, um, yeah. And that was it. I did have a full change of clothes as well at, um, at Newlyn, just... I didn't want to go into the night in sort of sweaty clothes and then get cold because I was just worried about being yeah. cold. But then actually I was too hot. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and did, did you find that, you know, changing all your clothes and things like that gave you a bit, you know, gave, kind of gave you a bit of a lift, you know, and I, I read, yeah. yeah, I read somewhere that someone, uh, you know, was uh, advocating cleaning your teeth on the way around, you know, things like that, yeah. you know, just to feel fresh, you know, and ready to yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's great. It does. It definitely helps. It do, it, yeah, it, it does refresh you. And I, I had my toothbrush. I totally forgot to do that, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, I think it's advisable, especially if you've got a long night ahead of you. You don't want to be going in wet, cold clothes. You kind of just want to yeah. be nice and warm. <laughs> but I think the conditions overall weren't bad, though, were they? There wasn't really. Oh, I understand there, you know, no, no real wind, not, not, no rain. I don't think either. No, it was incredible. Um, so like well, this year and last year, it's been incredible. I think when my other half did it, well, he, um, 
it was the year that it was snowing, you know, people couldn't get there because there was snow. <laughs> <God. laughs> it was completely different. Yeah. They were very lucky. That sounds it. Now, you've had a few days to reflect on on your on your run. Is is there anything? I always say to people, is there anything that now you've you know you've thought about it? Would you have done differently? Anything that you think? Oh yes, I should, apart from you know, use your toothbrush maybe, but <laughs> but anything you would have done differently? Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be things that you yeah you know think oh I could have done some more. <laughs> I could have been running there or you know. But the thing is, I. Yeah, I don't know. Everything's great in hindsight. You you think that maybe you could have done better, but I'm, I mean, I'm very, I'm super chuffed with my time. So yeah, I don't know. yeah, and actually, it was really nice. You know, I saw so many people out on the course, and I stopped and chatted and saw dolphins. And you know, I, I, would I have wanted to have carried on running rather than sit and or stand and enjoy watching some dolphins <laughs> play at Bay? I don't know, but at the time it was amazing so um yeah I think no I think we put it we had it sort of I think I did all right really and I don't think there was many things that I would change great stuff and uh so what have you got next Holly you've got anything lined up on the calendar for the rest of 2023 um just at the moment um we're doing the um ultra trail snowdonia the, the 100k Okay. I've got that in May. And then I'm just trying to find other races. I've found a few, but everything sort of clashes with time. You know, I don't want to do anything too close to that. Yeah. Will signed up for the Southwest Traverse, so I'll crew him for that. And then, yep. yeah, try and find something else maybe later on in the year. Great. Just um, Trying right. to fit it all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that is that is one of life's challenges all the time, isn't it? You know, to, to actually make that happen. So so this, this podcast is all about inspiring uh, listeners to maybe take on their first Ultra Holly, maybe not the, you know, mm. and maybe their first hundred, who knows as well. But yeah. um, so for the listeners out there who haven't yet, you know, signed up for that, or they maybe you've signed up this year for their first Ultra, whatever that happens to be. Um, you know, any any sort of you know pieces of advice that you would give to them? You may have mentioned them already, which will help them on their way to get on that start line and and ultimately cross the finish line. Um, yeah, well, I think just go for it. You know, just just sign up for something and just having that aim. I always think you have to have something to aim towards, otherwise you just don't. You know, you just don't get there <laughs> so that's what I always think um but no and just enjoy it you know it's it's you're doing it because you like obviously you like running so just enjoy it and meet lots of lovely people and yeah it's nice so well yeah that's that's really. that's a great tip to go and enjoy I, I don't know whether you know a fellow called Andy Goundry but uh, when I set off on my journey for the classic quarter a couple of years ago he said you know just smile <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah. and uh and and remind yourself that you have it and i i said to people before i started they said oh are you ready for all this and i said yeah absolutely i'm going for a big day out <laughs> well exactly it is an adventure you know and great that's so, what um yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, Holly, it's been great having you on the show. So thank you so much for sharing your, uh, you know, your adventure. And congratulations again on a, on a terrific performance and a top 10 finish. You know, that's, that's, that's amazing in, in the ARC 100. So 
well done you and uh, good luck in your uh, your adventures going forward and finding the time to fit it all in yeah thank you so thanks very much holly that was great sharing your experience of the arc hundred so i hope listeners that's given you some inspiration if you're thinking of doing your first ultra or indeed your first hundred Right, we've got one more uh, interview with someone who did the ARC in 2023 to complete the little mini-series of three. So we've had Nick Pope doing the 50, we've had Holly doing a top 10 ladies 100. We've got one more guest who's a, who ran in the men's race, effectively. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a great episode and you're going to really enjoy listening out for that. So do that. Um, podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk is the email to get in touch with me and let me know what you're planning in 2023 or message me somewhere on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn. I think you'll find me out there somewhere and I can give you a shout out. And, you know, why not think about coming on as a guest on the podcast? I'm very keen that this podcast is an opportunity for people to come on who don't normally appear on podcasts. <laughs> My business podcast, which goes out every Monday and has done for basically five years now, and I get agents galore wanting their list, you know, their, their people to come on. So I usually end up with um, people who have been on many, many podcasts, which is great because they, you know, they're, they're great value for listeners. But it's also very nice to get people on a podcast for the first time ever. So do do that. In the, in the meantime, you know, look out for what you're doing running-wise. And uh, don't forget, uh, I forgot to mention, or Nick Pope forgot to mention when he was on the podcast last week there, Lou 10, which is coming up at the end of February, the last Sunday in February. It's called Hillish and Hellish. And I can assure you it is. I've done it a couple of times. And it is a great course, but it is Hillish and it is Hellish on that basis. And the challenge for me, I always set myself the goal when I do that run of not walking a single step. Okay, including some monster uphills and some very awkward downhills as well. It's a road race. It's a road race, part of the Cornwall Grand Prix series. So if you're in Cornwall at the end of February, you might want to sign up and do that. I won't be. I'm doing the Brighton Half Marathon. My son is a student in Brighton, and we're going to go and do that. And he's going to try and beat me, which I'm secretly training, so I hope he won't achieve that. But I think my only chance of beating him is to take him out in the last couple of miles if he hasn't done enough training and he's significantly slowing down at that point, and I'm just plodding along at the same old pace. Right, enough of all that nonsense. See you next time. Thanks for listening.